Act Five of A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One, Athens, an apartment in the palace of Theseus. Enter Theseus, Hippolyta, Philostrate lords and attendants tis strange my theseus that these lovers speak of more strange than true i never may believe these antique fables nor these fairy toys lovers and madmen have such seething brains such shaping fantasies that apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehends the lunatic the lover and the poet are of imagination all compact one sees more devils than vast held can hold that is the madman the lover all as frantic sees helen's beauty in a brow of egypt the poet's eye in a fine frenzy rolling doth glance from heaven to earth from earth to heaven and as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown the poet's pen turns them to shapes and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name such tricks has strong imagination that if it would but apprehend some joy it comprehends some bringer of that joy or in the night imagining some fear how easy is a bush supposed a bear but all the story of the night told over and all their minds transfigured so together more witnesseth than fancy's images and grows to something of great constancy but howsoever strange and admirable enter lysander demetrius hermia and helena here come the lovers full of joy and mirth joy gentle friends joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts more than to us wait in your royal walks your board your bed come now what masks what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after-supper and bedtime. Where is our usual manager of mirth? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Philistrate. Here, mighty Theseus. Say, what abridgment have you for this evening? What mask? What music? How shall we beguile the lazy time, if not with some delight? There is a brief how many sports are ripe make choice of which your highness will see first giving a paper theseus reads the battle with the centaurs to be sung by an athenian eunuch to the harp will none of that that have i told my love in glory of my kinsman hercules the riot of the tipsy bacchanals tearing the thracian singer in their rage that is an old device and it was played when i from thebes came last a conqueror the thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning late deceased in beggary that is some satire keen and critical not sorting with a nuptial ceremony a tedious brief scene of young pyramus and his love thisbe very tragical mirth merry and tragical tedious and brief that is hot ice and wondrous strange snow how shall we find the concord of this discord a play there is my lord some ten words long which is as brief as i have known a play 
but by ten words my lord it is too long which makes it tedious for in all the play there is not one word apt one player fitted and tragical my noble lord it is for pyramus therein doth kill himself which when i saw rehearsed i must confess made mine eyes water but more merry tears the passion of loud laughter never shed what are they that do play it hard-handed men that work in athens here which never laboured in their minds till now and now have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptial and we will hear it no my noble lord it is not for you i have heard it over and it is nothing nothing in the world unless you can find sport in their intents extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you service i will hear that play for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it go bring them in and take your places ladies exit philostrate i love not to see wretchedness o'ercharged and duty in his service perishing why gentle sweet you shall see no such thing he says they can do nothing in this kind the kind are we to give them thanks for nothing our sport shall be to take what they mistake and what poor duty cannot do noble respect takes it in might not merit where i have come great clerks have purposed to greet me with premeditated welcomes where i have seen them shiver and look pale make periods in the midst of sentences throttle their practised accent in their fears and in conclusion dumbly have broke off not paying me a welcome trust me sweet out of this silence yet i picked a welcome and in the modesty of fearful duty i read as much as from the rattling tongue of saucy and audacious eloquence love therefore and tongue-tied simplicity at least speak most to my capacity enter philostrate so please your grace the prologue is addressed let him approach flourish of trumpets enter prologue if we offend it is with our good will that you should think we come not to offend but with good will to show our simple skill that is the true beginning of our end consider then we come but in despite we do not come as minding to content you our true intent is all for your delight we are not here that you should here repent you the actors are at hand and by their show you shall know all that you are like to know this fellow doth not stand upon points he hath rid his prologue like a rough colt he knows not the stop a good moral my lord it is not enough to speak but to speak true indeed he hath played on this prologue like a child on a recorder a sound but not in government his speech was like a tangled chain nothing impaired but all disordered who is next enter pyramus and thisbe wall moonshine and lion as in dumb show gentles perhaps you wonder at this show but wonder on till truth make all things plain this man is pyramus if you would know this beauteous lady thisbe is certain this man with lime and rough cast doth present wall that vile wall which did these lovers sunder and through walls chink poor souls they are content to whisper at the which let no man wonder 
This man, with lanthorn, dog, and bush of thorn, presenteth moonshine, for, if you will know, by moonshine did these lovers think no scorn to meet at Ninus' tomb, there, there to woo. This grisly beast, which by name Lionheight, the trusty Thisbe, coming first by night, did scare away, or rather did affright, and as she fled her mantle she did fall, which lion vile with bloody mouth did stain. Anon comes Pyramus, sweet youth and tall, and finds his trusty Thisbe's mantle slain, whereat with blade, with bloody, blameful blade, he bravely broached his boiling bloody breast. And Thisbe, tarrying in mulberry shade, his dagger drew and died. For all the rest, let lion, moonshine, wall, and lovers twain at large discourse while here they do remain. Exeunt Prologue Thisbe, Lion, and Moonshine. I wonder if the lion be to speak. No wonder, my lord. One lion may, while many asses do. In this interlude it doth befall, that I, one snout by name, present a wall, and such a wall, as I would have you think, that had in it a crannied hole or chink, through which the lovers, Pyramus and Thisbe, did whisper often, very secretly, this loam, this rough cast, and this stone doth show that I am that same wall. The truth is so, and this the cranny is, right and sinister, through which the fearful lovers are to whisper. Would you desire lime and hair to speak better? It is the wittiest partition that ever I heard discourse, my lord. Pyramus draws near the wall. Silence. Enter Pyramus. O grim-looked knight! O night with hue so black, O night, which ever art when day is not, O night, O night, alack, 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 I fear my Thisbe's promise is forgot, and thou, O wall, O sweet, O lovely wall, that standst between her father's ground and mine, the wall, O wall, O sweet and lovely wall, show me thy chink to blink through with mine eyne. Wall holds up his fingers. Thanks, courteous wall. Jove shield thee well for this. But what see I? No Thisbe do I see. O oh, wicked wall, through whom I see no bliss! Cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me. The wall, methinks, being sensible, should curse again. No, in truth, sir, he should not. Deceiving me is Thisbe's cue. She is to enter now, and I am to spy her through the wall. You shall see it will fall pat as I told you. Yonder she comes. Enter Thisbe. O wall, full often hast thou heard my moans, For parting my fair Pyramus and me. My cherry lips have often kissed thy stones, Thy stones with lime and hair knit up in thee. I see a voice. Now will I to the chink, to spy, and I can hear my Thisbe's face. 
Tis me! My love! Thou art my love, I think. Think what thou wilt, I am thy lover's grace, And like Lymander am I trusty still. And I, like Helen, till the fates me kill. Not Shaphalus to Procris was so true. And Shaphalus to Procris, I to you. Oh, kiss me through the whole of this vile wall. I kiss the walls whole, not your lips at all. Wilt thou at Ninny's tomb meet me straightway? Tide life, tide death, I come without delay. Thus have I, wall, my part discharged so, and being done, thus wall away doth go. Exeunt wall, Pyramus, and Thisbe. Now is a mural down between the two neighbours. No remedy, my lord, when walls are so wilful to hear without warning. This is the silliest stuff that ever I heard. The best in this kind are but shadows, and the worst are no worse if imagination amend them. It must be your imagination, then, and not theirs. If we imagine no worse of them than they are themselves, they may pass for excellent men. Here come two noble beasts in, a moon and a lion. Enter Lion and Moonshine. You ladies, you, whose gentle hearts do fear, the smallest monstrous mouse that creeps on floor, may now perchance both quake and tremble here, when Lion rough and wildest rage doth roar. Then know that I, once snug the joiner, am, a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam, for if I should as lion come in strife, into this place twere pity on my life. A very gentle beast, and of a good conscience. The very best at a beast, my lord, that e'er I saw. This lion is a very fox for his valour. True, and a goose for his discretion. Not so, my lord, for his valour cannot carry his discretion, and the fox carries the goose. His discretion, I am sure, cannot carry his valour, for the goose carries not the fox. It is well. Leave it to his discretion, and let us listen to the moon. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present. He should have worn the horns on his head. He is no crescent, and his horns are invisible within the circumference. This lanthorn doth the horned moon present. Myself the man I the moon doth seem to be. This is the greatest error of all the rest. The man should be put into the lantern. How is it else the man i' the moon? He dares not come there for the candle, for, you see, it is already in snuff. Oh, I am a-weary of this moon. Would he would change. It appears, by his small light of discretion, that he is in the wane. But yet, in courtesy, in all reason, we may stay the time. Proceed, moon. All that I have to say is to tell you that the lantern is the moon i the man in the moon this thorn-bush my thorn-bush and this dog my dog why all these should be in the lantern for all these are in the moon but silence here comes thisby enter thisby this is old ninny's tomb where is my love the lion roars thisby runs off well roared lion well run thisby well shone moon 
truly the moon shines with a good grace the lion tears thisby's mantle and exit <laughs> well moused lion and so comes pyramus and then the lion vanishes enter pyramus sweet moon i thank thee for thy sunny beams i thank thee moon for shining now so bright for by thy gracious golden glittering streams i trust to take of truest thisby's sight but stay oh spite but mark poor knight what dreadful dole is here eyes do you see how can it be oh dainty duck oh dear thy mantle good what stained with blood approach ye furies fell oh fates come come cut thread and thrum quail crush conclude and quell this passion and the death of a dear friend would go near to make a man look sad beshrew my heart but i pity the man oh wherefore nature didst thou lions frame since lion vile hath here deflowered my dear which is no no which was the fairest dame that lived that loved that liked that looked with cheer come tears confound out sword and wound the pap of pyramus ay that left pap where heart doth hop thus die i thus 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 now am i dead now am i fled my soul is in the sky tongue lose thy light moon take thy flight now die Dies. Exit Moonshine. No die, but an ace for him, for he is but one. Less than an ace, man, for he is dead. He is nothing. With the help of a surgeon, he might yet recover and prove an ass. How chance Moonshine is gone before Thisbe comes back and finds her lover? She will find him by starlight. Here she comes, and her passion ends the play. Enter Thisbe. Methinks she should not use a long one for such a pyramus. I hope she will be brief. A moat will turn the balance. Which pyramus, which Thisbe, is the better? She hath spied him already with those sweet eyes. And thus she moans, vitalicit. Asleep, my love? What? Dead, my dove? Oh, pyramus, arise! speak speak quite dumb dead dead <laughs>
A tomb must... A tomb must cover thy sweet eyes. <coughs> These lily lips, this cherry nose, these yellow cowslip cheeks. <coughs> Are gone. Are gone. Lovers make moan. His eyes were green as leeks. O oh, sisters three, come, come to me, with hands as pale as milk. Lay them in gore, since you have shore with shears, his thread of silk. Tongue, not a word. Come, trusty sword. Come, blade, my breast imbrue. And farewell, friends. Thus Thisbe ends. <sighs> Adieu, adieu, adieu. Dies. Moonshine and Lion are left to bury the dead. Ay, and wall too. No, I assure you, the wall is down that parted their fathers. Will it please you to see the epilogue, or to hear a bergamasque dance between two of our company? No epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse. Never excuse, for when the players are all dead, they need none to be blamed. Marry, if he that writ it had played Pyramus, and hanged himself in Thisbe's garter, it would have been a fine tragedy. And so it is, truly, and very notably discharged. But come, your bergamasque, let your epilogue alone. Here it dance of clowns. The iron tongue of midnight hath told twelve. Lovers to bed. "'Tis almost fairy time. "'I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn "'as much as we this night have overwatched. "'This palpable gross play hath well beguiled "'the heavy gate of night. "'Sweet friends, to bed. "'A fortnight hold we this solemnity "'in nightly revels a new jollity. Exeunt. Scene two. Enter Puck. "'Now the hungry lion roars.' and the wolf behowls the moon whilst the heavy ploughman snores all with weary task fordone now the wasted brands do glow whilst the screech owl screeching loud puts the wretch that lies in woe in remembrance of a shroud now it is the time of night that the graves all gaping wide every one lets forth its sprite in the churchway paths to glide and we fairies that do run by the triple hecate's team from the presence of the sun following darkness like a dream now a frolic not a mouse shall disturb this hallowed house i am sent with broom before to sweep the dust behind the door enter oberon and titania with their train 
Through the house give glimmering light, by the dead and drowsy fire. Every elf and fairy sprite hop as light as bird from briar, and this ditty after me sing and dance it trippingly. First rehearse your song by rote, to each word a warbling note, hand in hand with fairy grace, will we sing and bless this place. Song and Dance Now until the break of day, through this house each fairy stray, to the best bride-bed will we, which by us shall blessed be, and the issue there create ever shall be fortunate. So shall all the couples three ever true in loving be, and the blots of nature's hand shall not in their issue stand. Never mole, hair-lip, nor scar, nor mark prodigious, such as are despised in nativity, shall upon their children be. With this field you consecrate, every fairy take his gate, and each several chambers bless through this palace with sweet peace, ere shall it in safety rest, and the owner of it blessed. Trip away, make no stay, meet me all by break of day. Exeunt Oberon, Titania, and Train. If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here, while these visions did appear, and this weak and idle theme, no more yielding but a dream. Gentles, do not reprehend. If you pardon, we will mend. And, as I am an honest puck, if we have unearned luck, now to scape the serpent's tongue, we will make amends ere long, else the puck a liar call. So good night unto you all. Give me your hands, if we be friends and Robin shall restore amends. Exit. End of Act 5 End of A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare